Our guest in the studio for the next hour of the program is the mayor of the city, Chattanooga Mayor Tim Kelly. He's our guest, and the telephone lines are open, so questions, comments, or... Now at 267-1023, Mayor Tim Kelly is our guest in the studio for the next hour to come. Mr. Mayor, welcome back. Good morning, gentlemen. <clears throat> you were telling me during the break you are just back from the U.S. Conference of Mayors in Washington, D.C., where I'm sure many important things were discussed. But before we get into that... Mm-hmm. This is just something that it, it, I'm genuinely curious about this. So maybe like give me a list of like three or four mayors in this city that you think are cool people. <laughs> like is there is there a short list of mayors that yeah. should be on our list? In, the, in the, the rock star list? Yeah. Well, I mean, cool or good just, or, you know, I mean, they're kind you, of all over the place. But, I, but yeah. When you go to these conferences, yep. is there like three or four that you seek out? Like, there, there's the guy. Yeah, there are a few um, <laughs> that I'm sort of impressed by. I would say, uh, gosh, David Holt, the mayor of Oklahoma City, is a, okay. is a pretty, pretty great guy. Uh, and then his colleague in Tulsa, uh, whose name escapes me at the moment, okay. uh, both both really great mayors. And, I mean, we compete with them for a lot of economic development stuff. Are okay. they rising stars, like, politically? Or? I don't think so. And I think uh-huh. that's why I like them more is they're because just they, they're, they're they into want to running the city, right? Um, um, Hillary Sheevy is the mayor of Reno, and she's currently the vice chair of the, of the U.S. Conference of Mayors. And, mm. and Reno's a lot like Chattanooga, and she's very, very impressive. She probably... You know, it will go further politically, but uh, she's great. Um, gosh, uh, uh, you know, unfortunately just termed out, but uh, Greg Fisher in Louisville was a really okay. great mayor. He yeah. was, so there's a few. Right, yep. right. So you were telling me there were a lot of important things that mm-hmm. uh, that the mayors discuss at these conferences. I would imagine, you know, issues of homelessness, uh, mental health, yes. crime and violence. This, Mass this, this, shootings. This yeah. must dominate the conversation. Well, the the whole first day was about mental health, and uh, and the vice chair uh, believes, and I I tend to agree with her that this country is really facing, if you really peel the onion, you know, a, a crisis of mental health. Right? If you look at drug addiction, homelessness, mass shootings, it it does really come back to mental health. Not to mention, you know, the the overdoses, and uh, it's uh, and all the cities are hurting. I mean, they they yeah. all are. That was what was most surprising from last year to this year is that we're dealing with kind of the uh, the post traumatic effects of COVID. Right? I mean, COVID mm. was bad enough in itself, but the but the ways the ways in which it's disrupted our lives, particularly for people who are already on the margins, uh, is significant. Right? It it was a, a somewhat cathartic for me because Chattanooga has its problems, but boy, let me tell you, <laughs> the mayor of Portland was there. And uh, that poor guy, uh, you talk yeah. about you, you talk about problems. Uh, so, but but they are all you know uh, different shades of the same color. I mean, it's it's it is, uh, and and the Surgeon General of uh, Vivek Murthy was there, who was a very eloquent and brilliant guy, and talked a lot about how we really need to come back together as communities and communicate. And you know, the precursors of mental health are pretty simple. It's just human connection and and kind of caring and. Um, talking to each other, and so look, we're looking forward to, you know, particularly as weather warms up, you know, working to to do more of that stuff with community yeah. development and and community health and other entities. You mentioned Portland, and my first impression was Portland, in my opinion, or at least appears publicly, a very divided city. Yeah. I don't, I don't think we face that here. Not that there's, you know, not that we agree on everything. It's yeah. not kumbaya land, but. 
Portland is very divided. And that, I think, and tell me if I'm wrong, that, that obviously makes it tougher in what path you're going to take. Well, it does. And we're lucky. I mean, I'm lucky as a mayor in Chattanooga that despite, you know, our, our legitimate disagreements at times, everybody here uh, more or less wants the same thing and is more or less on the same page. You know, uh, Portland, boy, howdy. I mean, uh, yes, they're divided, and the, the problems they've got there with uh, with homelessness are epidemic. Uh, with with drugs, uh, mm. uh, fentanyl in particular is a huge problem across this country. That's one of the things I, I learned. And uh, look, uh, I mean, the 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 the, the um, Secretary of State was there first time he's ever spoken to the U.S. Conference of Mayors, uh, and the Secretary of State was very clear that that uh, the government is is quite serious about interrupting the flow of the precursor chemicals for fentanyl from China to Mexico and, yeah. and really kind of cutting the snake off, cutting the, the head of the snake off because it is destroying American cities. There's no question. I was just in Miami this past weekend, and Miami is another example of a city that is a beautiful city, but, you know, warm weather city, and there are homeless people everywhere, yeah. especially in Miami Beach. And, yep. you know, two things that I noticed is that there's a lot of homeless just sleeping around on the streets and stuff, but, you know, the mental health thing again is, um, you know, when you walk past these people, if there's any kind of interaction with them, it is very clear that in almost 100% of their cases, mental health is the biggest reason yes. why they are out on the streets. And, and look, so, and that was one of the bigger shifts that I noticed uh, talking to other mayors, and Francis Suarez, the mayor of Miami, is the current uh, president of the U.S. Conference of Mayors, so we heard a lot from Mayor Suarez, and, and every American mayor there uh, expressed dismay and frustration at this problem because it's a very wicked, intractable problem. Uh, but I think what was different is we've, most American mayors uh, agree that a housing first model uh, is is the solution, right? The, the, what the is solution that to hom- Well, it means the solution to homelessness is housing, that first you get have to house people and we have a housing shortage. And we're certainly working on that. There's no question. But for the first time, you know, what I heard them saying is it, it can't just be that because because these problems with addiction and mental health are so pernicious and difficult that we we have to look at we look we don't have enough and getting worse yes and getting worse and we don't have enough beds for people and we don't have the money to pay for the beds for people uh and again uh boy i mean chattanooga is uh you know i'm not really a political sort of politician but uh you know it's not a great campaign slogan to say it could it could be so much worse but trust me but it's true it, it 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 really i mean we've housed a couple of thousand people since the pandemic began. And we've got a great team working on uh, homelessness and supportive housing. We've got a great team working on eviction prevention, or it would be much worse here. And it is a lot worse. And and, and what I've learned last week was in most other American cities. And, and I would agree with that because, you know, so many times we think about homelessness, we think of the big, big, big cities, New York and L.A. and places like this. But oh. really... It is a problem everywhere, Absolutely. and we do have an issue here in Chattanooga with it, but I'm on the same page as you. All you have to do is visit a Miami, which, granted, is a much, much bigger city. Right. But, I mean, the problems that we have with homelessness, I mean, it's something we need to get a, a, a grip on, but well, it's not nearly as bad as what some people are struggling with in other cities. Yeah, it, it's not. But but that said, look, we, we are hard at work on it. I mean, I'm not, we're not, we're not resting because, because of that fact. I mean, I think if you talk to people that do travel, and a lot of folks don't, a lot of folks don't get out of Chattanooga, so they don't, they don't see that in other cities. But uh, it's not an excuse, right? I mean, we're still grinding away at, at solutions to prevent people from entering homelessness, uh, which includes the prevention prevention initiative. Uh, the affordable housing work is really just getting started. 
Uh, of course, the budget hell stuff has been in the news, and that's right. that's not a you know long term solution, obviously. But we we do what we can to keep people off the street. I know we discuss affordable housing so often, but but still, and not, not not to keep coming back to this issue, but but what does that mean, and how does the city tackle it? Because listeners might. They might not understand what we mean here. So does this mean we, we're building free housing? Does it mean we're building Section 8 housing? Like, yeah. wh- what exactly does that mean? Well, it, it means it's sort of all, all the above, right? It starts with, frankly, just making it more attractive and easier for, for builders to build housing. Some of that is, is just making the regulatory uh, maze a little more difficult because there were a lot of builders when I came into office who were so tired of tr- fighting the bureaucracy um, at the city uh, trying to get permits to build that they just would build elsewhere. So we, we need, you know, we, we need housing. So that's part of the problem. The other part though is, uh, f- it kind of, it's going to come in some form of subsidy because, uh, and we're working on that now. We're, we're quite fortunate to have attracted a very, very talented woman named Nicole Heyman who came to us from New Orleans, who's our chief housing officer. The first time the city's ever had one. She was there um, post Katrina to help rebuild New Orleans. And so we're in the process of lining up a lot of different strategies that go from, uh, look, we, we're very fortunate. We have a, a large and healthy uh, uh, Tennessee Housing Development Agency, and, uh, and, and we are working with them to, to figure out. And, and there's a lot of federal money available that we have not taken advantage of, really, historically in Chattanooga for, for a number of reasons. So it's it's everything from low interest loans mm. to contributing uh, city owned property to projects to sometimes direct subsidy. Two six seven one zero two three and Donald is on the telephone line. Donald, thanks for calling. Yes, sir, uh, Mr. Kelly. I just want to question you about uh, you talk about homelessness and some of these uh, places like Chattanooga Rescue Mission, and you have uh, the community kitchen and everything. Uh, I've heard this, and I don't know what's true or not. Said that the city will not uh, help out the Chattanooga Rescue Mission because they won't allow homosexuals to come in there at night and sleep with those men or women. I don't think that's yeah. the case. I mean, again, we don't have a low barrier shelter in Chattanooga. Uh, we we the homeless coalition works with all sorts of uh, faith based missions across the city. So I don't, you know, that I don't that. I do not believe that's true. I mean, again, what 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 we've been talking about doing that would you know uh, that would help fix the problem is, believe it or not, Chattanooga does not have a low barrier shelter uh, at all. In other words, one where there are no conditions. A lot of the faith based organizations here, understandably, have yeah have have filters. Right, you mm-hmm. you can't come in for this, that, or the other mm-hmm. reason, or you have to attend church services mm-hmm. or whatever. And that you know, I have no issue with that whatsoever. Um, we need all the help we can get. I mean, we work with the faith community uh, every day on a whole host of social issues. But uh, the fact is Chattanooga probably needs a a low-barrier shelter, and that's part of the problem right now, right? The the best option for folks uh, to sleep overnight is not even open uh, unless it's below freezing, and uh, that is why you see people uh, camping out everywhere. Mr. Mayor, with the couple of minutes that we have before we go to the news break here, um, back to the issue of affordable housing. You had recently made an announcement to develop 70-plus new units of permanent, what we call supportive housing. Um, I think we touched on that before, but give uh, any specific updates on that project. Well, I think that will be in front of council tonight. Hopefully that, you know, we have uh, listened uh, painstakingly to the concerns of the community 
uh, and city council, I think, very appropriately, has has kind of slowed down and uh, and and taken a look at this and wants to get the RFP right, right, the request for proposals, so that so that uh, the restrictions are in place and we're very clear with the provider of what has to happen. The concerns uh, of the Silverdale community there are are I think they you know uh, understandably thought that it would be some sort of homeless hotel. Uh, that's not what it is. Again, there's a track record uh, of these places doing great work and, you know, very quietly. And, and the, the communities that they're in don't even know that they're there other than just right. like a normal apartment building. But all that to say, uh, hopefully tonight, uh, council will, will pass that RFP and we'll, be, and we'll be off and running. Because it is an urgent problem. Uh, we do, not, do need that facility up and running. And, you know, obviously we, we've got to get started. Not to keep flogging this horse, but back to the budgetel as well. Yep. Um, we had the DA, Cody Womp, in the studio a week or two ago, and she was saying she's more or less pleased so far with the uh, the progress that's been made there. Do you have any insight into that? or uh, Not really, other than to say that I know we're, we've been working very, very hard to, to make sure that those folks have found housing, and we found a, a ton of housing uh, for the folks that are there. We're, we're, we're still paying for a few rooms for a few people who couldn't still find housing. So as far as when Budgetel will get up and running, that one's, you know, in East Ridge and, and uh, you know, out beyond my pay grade. So I, I hope it gets up and running soon enough, but uh, uh, that will help. It, I will say it's, it's odd and unusual, and I've had a lot of conversations around this, that we're using extended stay hotels as sort of this exhaust valve for homelessness, right? Right. Uh, I've, I've talked to a lot of nonprofits lately who, uh, again, along the lines of this permanent supportive housing idea, which isn't really new if you think about it. I mean, Chattanooga Room at the Inn, there are a lot of places that do this for either victims of domestic violence. I mean, those are forms of supportive housing. Um, we just need to expand that a little bit because, I, I, you know, again, long term, I don't think residence hotels are, are the answer. Uh, Mr. Mayor, we will get into uh, public safety here. You had recently announced um, a new contract with a group called Trajectory Changing Solutions mm-hmm. um, for Violence Prevention. Let's take a look at statistics. Every time we bring up the stats, you know, on the one hand, it seems it seems sometimes like the shootings and the violence is out of control. But then you look at the numbers, and actually the numbers are down they are. from where they used to be. So uh, give us an update from your perspective as mayor. Are we getting better? Are we seeing improvement? And and why this new contract with this other organization? Well, we are getting better. As you said, uh, again, I I think one of the problems we have, as you gentlemen know, you're in the business, is that uh, fear sells better than uh, love and, you know, hate sells better than hope. And, and again, there are certain networks who trade on that to a great cynical degree. And, uh, you know, it's a... It's a great plot line to keep you tuned into the next commercial break, but that's that's what it is. The facts, however, in Chattanooga is that violent crime is down compared to last year. Homicides are down 24%, which is not a small number, and uh, criminal non-fatal shootings are down 48%. Mm. That said, you know, one is too many, so we are still working at the root causes of this, particularly around youth violence and shootings. We've, you know, seen a couple of stories in the last couple of days. Again, that, that it's, it's, not, it's not excusing these. We still have major problem. I mean, we're not going to rest until the number goes to zero, which is to say we will never rest on, on this stuff. Um, but the Trajectory Changing Solutions is a, run by a guy named Norman Kerr, who came to us uh, very highly recommended, actually from the Department of Justice, uh, who has got a tra- tra- great track record of doing this work um, in, in Chicago, most specifically, but in other places. 
And again, as we were talking about, people were going to say, well, from Chicago, you're going to bring a guy to produce <laughs> violence from Chicago? Well, yes, because he has, that is where you want, uh, you know, right. you want to pull the professional from experience. the people who have been in a yeah. very hot kitchen. And yes, he does have experience. He's got great experience. And so he's uh, here uh, this week and is going to be here working with the community organizations to uh, implement intervention strategies uh, and and help us, you know, train the people we have here to, uh, again, we're, we're reframing the Department of uh, Community Development in Chattanooga to, to better engage with youth to, youth to stop them to turning from turning to gangs and, and uh, other things to, to keep the violence from happening to begin with. Texter here says, I would love to hear the mayor weigh in with his opinion about the shocking increase in gun violence in cities all across the nation. And, um, you know, this is a very polarizing issue, Mr. Mayor, but... Uh, as you know, as we were just talking about, the gun violence now, again, traditionally we always thought of this as something that, well, that's a Chicago problem. That's a New York problem. It's a problem everywhere. It, it's it, a problem everywhere, and it's yeah. mostly stolen weapons. Yeah, you got it. And they're everywhere. Well, look, part of the problem is that there are more than 40 million guns that have been sold uh, since... You know, since the beginning of the pandemic, uh, that's just new gun sales. And again, uh, look, I'm a hunter and a gun owner, and that's and that's that's the American way. But you have a responsibility to secure your weapons, and a lot of people don't. They leave them in the center console in their car. They forget to lock their car. Those guns get stolen, and those stolen guns are always going to be used for nefarious purposes. People aren't taking them and putting them in their bedside uh, drawer for protection at home. The sort of people that are stealing these guns. Now, I, a lot of them are, and, and a lot of them, uh, again, Knoxville, the mayor of Knoxville is a friend as well, and she was telling me that, uh, you know, they uh, they made a big arrest. Uh, some kids coming up 75, headed to New York with a trunk full of stolen guns. Right. Because they can get more money for them up there. Sure. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, folks, secure your weapons. It's, I mean, again, it's, I, I would imagine at some point we might see some legislation around liability following stolen guns it's it's not not blaming the victim but for god's sakes you have it's, a responsibility to secure your weapons that being said i've had guns stolen but you know and i learned my lesson and i and i now am much more careful about securing guns so that's that's that is a, a thing everybody here should be hearing we on this program we, we've always felt that way. We don't think that enough Americans understand that issue that, yeah. uh, you know, when we try to say, well, it's just bad guys with guns who are going to commit crimes anyway. They're the ones responsible for the gun violence. Yes, usually true. But we point out on this show all the time and police back this up. Where are the bad guys with guns getting their guns right. from good people with guns who bought them legally and right. followed the process and then just leave them in a car unlocked? That's it. And and. People might think that's an overstatement. Chattanooga, any police department in this country will back that up from New York to Chicago to Chattanooga. Memphis has got a I mean, again, it's, it's all double stolen weapons. 35% increases in, in, in stolen guns from cars. And yes, I mean, again, the problem is the, the, the criminal stealing the gun out of the car. But don't be a dummy, right? I mean, lock your car or take your, you know, take your or, or put it in a lock box. I mean, again, I've been working with Mayors Against Illegal Guns, of which I'm a proud member, to try to encourage OEMs to put locking center consoles in, in trucks and other vehicles and SUVs so that, that, that it can cut down on this because that, that is a, it's a huge problem. Huge problem. Back to the roads. Texter here says, when will the stretch of 23rd Street from Rossville Boulevard to 20th Street finally be paved? Eastbound especially terrible. 
Yeah, again, I get a lot of questions on specific roads, and uh, I think cha.com uh, forward slash paving map will tell you. I'll drive that stretch all the time. Uh, we are working on a way to kind of illustrate this to folks. But again, when I came into office, uh, the the roads had gone from the pavement condition index went from good down to uh, poor. I mean, uh, across the board, there were we were under investing in roads, and again, I tripled the paving budget. So it's gonna take a little while. Just very frankly, we've paved sixty three lane miles at uh, which is no joke. David Davidson Road, Bailey Avenue, Macaulay Avenue, uh, Dodds Avenue, and Gun Barrel are upcoming. Uh, but you can look at any road at cha.com forward slash paving map and see when it's when it's up. And look, we're we're going to scrape around and try to find more money for paving and accelerate the paving uh, schedule. Again, we're spending three times uh, what was being spent last year, will this year, and and will for every year I'm in office until we get caught up. But it will take a while to get caught up. I love smooth roads, but I curse the construction. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I got to say, the contractor, we don't do that. We use contractors to do it. And, of course, that's been a bit of an issue with supply chain issues and the fact that the contractors are so busy. But they've done a fantastic job yeah. of, of paving quickly, uh, you know, when, when they have done the work. We've been lucky in that regard. This is actually a good question here from one of our listeners. Uh, ask the mayor to please comment on CPD not responding to accidents. The, the yeah. recent uh, change in protocol. And we also had, you know, we've had interesting conversations about this with the DA, mm -hmm. uh, Cody Womp, who's been talking, even at the state level, yeah. uh, the county level, just, you know, law enforcement is trying to prioritize what is important. Well, 100%. It's and that so it's simple. A, yeah. it's, it's just that simple. I mean, again, if you looked at the man hours, the technical police department, again, this is non-injury accidents. Right. These are literally, that's all it is, is fender benders. <laughs> and the people that I think most are, are upset about it are the plaintiff's attorneys who are like, oh, sure. you sure your neck doesn't hurt? Brian, you know, I mean, that's those are the folks who are most upset, you know. But, I mean, again, th but these are non-injury fender bender accidents uh, where, again, you can exchange insurance information. Uh, we are not the first American city to do it. Most cities have gone this way. And the man hours saved at the police department that can be spent on property crime, uh, yes. violent crime, other issues is significant. It is the right decision. It will take... Uh, people a little while to get used to, and we could have rolled it out probably better uh, and communicated better, but uh, we'll we'll get it right. Uh, but I, I'm I'm I fully support the CPD's decision to do it, and uh, it's the right decision. Well, and, and and the biggest thing is I I know this from talking to police. If you talk to police, the 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 ones you know initiating yeah. things like this are police themselves. Because I can't tell you how many police officers I meet who the, they just say I don't want to be responding to fender benders. I don't want to be writing up stupid police reports about nothing that matters right. it takes up you know an hour and a half of my time that's it you you nailed and it. like yeah. i want i became a cop to actually fight crime correct right <laughs> and then that's that's what the policy is about now again if there is an injury if the car is immobile all the same rules apply right so this is simply fender bender uh situations two six seven one oh two three samantha is on the telephone line welcome to the show Hello. Hey. I have a question. Um, I have a friend of mine who um, is actually homeless with a five-year-old daughter. He went down to the Magellan, I think it is, uh, home for family or shelter for families, and they told him that they could not help him because he is unable to work and he would just need to continue to bounce from place to place. So what can he do about that? Well, I would encourage him to reach out to the city's office of homelessness and see if we, we prioritize families with families with children. 
And again, we have housing navigators at the city who will work very hard to find him housing. Uh, again, the Chattanooga Housing Authority, we have a network of private landlords who will accept vouchers. We've worked very hard to, uh, to work with, with private landlords. Uh, we have a program that will pay the first month's security deposit, first month's payment and security deposit for <laughs> folks that have been homeless because a lot of landlords are nervous about housing a homeless person because of the stigma attached exactly. to that. So, but, but we have, we can help. I mean, uh, I would encourage you or, or him to reach out to the city and, and of course, and we are making progress. Again, we have housed a lot of folks. It, it does seem like the housing market is slacking up a bit. And uh, again, with, with uh, coming um, short-term vacation rental uh, regulations, I think that will continue to be the case. So I would encourage him to contact the city. Mr. Mayor, you were just saying, ironically, uh, Councilman Ledford is listening to the program right now. He yes. sent you a text and said, I would like you to talk about litter. That's right. Litter. Litter. Yeah. I mean, look, it's the scenic city. And, and uh, a guy wrote into the Chattanooga, I think, uh, giving me grief. Uh, and I don't even know where the area was about uh, about litter, and it is a scenic city, and we do need to take pride in the area, and Public Works is out there cleaning up litter uh, all the time, particularly in, in areas where homeless folks are. Unfortunately, the law prevents them from cleaning up property uh, that, it, that is not public, that, it, that is private, which is a, a problem, and we're looking at ways that we can, that we can fix that. But in, in general, you will see us uh, around Scott Martin and Parks and Outdoors organizing uh, an attempt uh, to help clean up the city around Earth Day. Uh, and then we're going to try to do that on a regular basis. This is a great thing to organize around community centers to get people out and, and you know, build pride in yeah. neighborhoods and, and pride in the city. We did one last year just as sort of a pilot in Eastdale, and Jenny and I walked around and picked up a couple bags of, uh, of litter. And, 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 yeah, it's, again, I go, go all the way back to the, I'm old enough to remember the old Tennessee trash you know, ads, uh, which mm-hmm. were some of the best ads ever made, uh, if you're old <laughs> enough to remember them. But uh, look, yeah, I, look, I, I pick up litter all the time, wherever I go. I think it's just a good habit to get into. Uh, well, that's also, you know, that's one of those frustrating issues because, you know, as mayor, you, you field comments and, and complaints, and that's mm-hmm. your job. I want the mayor to do something about the shootings. I want right. the mayor to do something about the litter. At a certain point, those two issues... You know, not to sound ignorant, but like at a certain point, you must feel like, okay, guys, to stop the shooting, stop shooting each other. Oh, yes. You know, and like litter, stop throwing things on the sidewalk. Uh, absolutely. You it, know, it, it got worse during COVID. <laughs> and, and frankly, again, I hate to sort of bang, keep banging the drum, but it does sort of go back to mental health issues, right? I mean, people who have a, uh, eh, well, I can't say that, say what I want to say on the air, but people who have a certain case of, uh, uh, frustration and personal abandonment will, will do dumb things, right? Sure. And, and uh, yeah, people need to stop littering to control litter, clearly. Right. I mean, I'm shocked what I see, even around the UTC campus where I live. I mean, these are young people who should know better. God, if anybody should know better, take pride in their surroundings. They're just tossing and, things on the ground. But what we see, you know, COVID screwed up the world. I mean, it, I, I worry about the kids who came up in, the, in, that, in those couple of years because... Uh, uh, they 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 don't have a great frame of reference, right? But so it's <laughs> it's up to us as city leaders uh, to kind of reframe it and and say you know stop doing that. Let's take right. this is the scenic city. Our 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 best our competitive advantage is our uh, our our natural environment, and we have to take care of it. So you, know, you alluded to the fact, I, and I donated stuff the other day to Community Kitchen, and I think people would be much more sympathetic to the plight of the homeless and those yeah. people hurting. 
It, 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 it was a dump, and I, I was yeah. I was really sad to see that. I mean, I really well, I've seen it before. Well, yeah, it's it's bad, and we're we've I've talked to the police department about um, introducing some sort of you know look. You're not going to do this with regulation or ordinance, but nonprofits that come down there with the best of intentions to feed people. You know, don't bring a bunch of plastic cups and forks and things like that. I mean, because they give them the styrofoam. That's how they. I know. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we'll 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 look at a at a solution there. But uh, again, those folks are quite literally not in their right minds many times. And and you get this whole debate about well, are the homeless mentally ill, or or were they mentally ill and therefore became homeless? At some point, it doesn't matter. The fact of the matter is, they're in a bad place, literally and figuratively. Uh, and and so if anybody's going to act irrationally, it is probably going to be them. Uh, I, the rest, but there's plenty of litter elsewhere, right? It's one thing to talk about homeless litter, but uh, again, we, <laughs> let's tackle the, the the people who should know better uh, and and are doing it anyway. That's a good question. We have about two minutes left here before the news break. Uh, about the roads, we're building new housing at a fever pace. Yep. Every parcel of land seems to be in some stage of development. What is the road plan for all of this population growth, so far it seems limited to sucks to be you. In other no. words, like if there's... Well, so th- there is a large uh, and thoughtful planning community and function here that that spans multiple states, particularly uh, around transportation. There's a, a thing called the TPO, which, which includes North Georgia uh, <laughs> and prioritizes uh, mainly state funds. But uh, but the, the city uh, uh, and Dan Reuter and his team at uh, at the regional planning agency uh, has a has a list of of roads and congestion and it's hard right because you're trying to keep up with where the where the growth is. I will say we're fortunate. The state is obviously prioritizing um, transportation and roads and infrastructure. Uh, so uh, we are you know who knows whether we can get out far enough in front of it. But uh, I will also say you know look we have. A public transit system here that could be much better. We are going to be working with CARTA. Um, uh, uh, the, the executive director uh, has announced her uh, retirement, I think, uh, which is she, Lisa did great service for the city of Chattanooga for the time that she was there. But it's a good chance to reframe CARTA uh, and take some pressure off roads with a better functioning public transportation system.